I remember the first time I started fasting and I finished my fast and I sat down to my meal and I started eating. It was good. It was what I really wanted to eat. And halfway through, I was full. I couldn't finish my meal. And I was really bummed because I'd waited for that meal and I was ready to eat and I was digging in. And halfway through, I realized I was full and I couldn't eat anymore. I didn't know what the heck was going on. Has that happened to you? Have you guys started noticing that you sit down for a meal after your fast and you're full before you're even done? Let's talk about it. Hey everyone, welcome to the OMAD Mama podcast. My name is Marty Meshubi, and this is your resource for everything OMAD, intermittent fasting, and health. OMAD stands for one meal a day. It just means that you eat within a one hour period and fast for the remaining 23 hours of the day. There are so many different ways to fast, and we'll talk about those on this podcast. I have learned so much from my own OMAD and intermittent fasting journey, and I wanted to share with as many people as I could, so I decided to start this podcast. I also love talking with others who have incorporated OMAD and fasting in their life's journey, and I'm hoping to share their stories on this podcast as well. I found OMAD and fasting, and it completely reprogrammed my relationship with food while getting me in the best shape of my life. I'll be sharing my journey advice, recipes, and tips that will keep you successful on your OMAD journey to a stronger and healthier you. This lifestyle has changed my life, so keep listening. It may very well change your life too. So I've been reading some material lately from Dr. Bert Herring, who actually pioneered the daily intermittent fasting schedule or method. He actually um, experimented on intermittent fasting on himself back in 1995. And through his research and his studies, he put out what was called what is called the Fast Five Diet and the Fast Five Lifestyle that came out back in 2005. Well, he has a book called AC, The Power of Appetite Correction. And I would recommend that you go out and get this one because it's really good. There's some really useful information in there that can help you while you're learning and figuring out all that's going on in your body while you're on this fasting journey. He talks about what he has called or he's coined appetite correction and how this is actually the the goal of weight loss, not necessarily the number on the scale, right? (laughs) And I know that everybody has that number. I have that number, that goal number that we are working so hard to to reach. That that's the number that we're working toward, right? And once we get that number, once we hit that number, once we hit that goal, everything will be well with the world and we will have made it and and it'll be great, right? Um and I have that number. I know some people may um are maybe beyond that, you know, while they're on their on their weight loss journey, they're feeling good, they've lost a lot of weight, um, and they're not necessarily focused on that number. Um, But I find that I still am focused on that number. I still think about that number. And although I've lost a tremendous amount of weight, I still look at that number like, yes, that's where I need to be. That's the number I want to be at. (laughs) 
and that will tell me that I really have made it. I've been successful on this weight loss journey. I've made it, right? Um, but according to Dr. Herring, that's not the goal of weight loss. Um, not necessarily. Not not necessarily that number on that scale. The goal really, and what he calls the holy grail of weight loss, the pinnacle of weight loss, is our body's appetite center working the way it was designed to. Uh, meaning that we're losing fat and we're eating less because we're not hungry. That appetite center is telling us we've had enough food, we've had enough to eat, and our ability to listen to those cues and stop eating is when that balance occurs, is when that balance is there. And that means that our our appetite center is working well, is working the way it's supposed to. And that made complete sense to me after realizing that, wow, okay, I'm I finished a fast, I'm hungry, I'm ready to eat, I sit down to my meal, but after a few bites, maybe halfway through the meal, I'm done, I'm full, I'm satiated, I couldn't really eat another bite, and I'm good. And I realized, like, wow, this is incredible. Like, <laughs> months ago, I would have eaten this whole plate and maybe had <laughs> had more, but now... My appetite center is working well because my body's telling me I'm full, I'm good, I don't need to eat anymore. And that's really the holy grail. Because once we're able to lose lose weight doing it that way, eating less, um, but being full, we can maintain that weight loss. But with the increase in availability of processed foods everywhere we turn, we can literally eat our way through the end of the day. I know I used to. I mean, I used to eat all day long. And I talk about this. You guys have heard me talk about it many times. Um, And I have pre and post pictures. And it's funny every time I do it because there's the picture of the before has me... um, where I describe it as eating all day life and the after picture or the during picture is more of the OMAD life or the intermittent fasting life because that's how I used to live my life, just snacking, eating all day long, not giving my body a break or a chance to realize that maybe I don't really need to eat food. Maybe I'm thirsty or I'm bored or I'm anxious or even stressed. But the constant availability of food, especially unhealthy food, is all around us, and that does not help. This combined with how sedentary our lives have become are a recipe for obesity and becoming overweight, which has been become a major problem in our society. We are much less healthier than our parents and our grandparents than they were in their day. Um, And we're living in a culture that is consistently pushing food in our face. Try this, eat this, taste that. Side note, this reminds me of walking through Costco and at every turn having someone try to feed me something, (laughs) which I used to love because I love going to Costco. Before living a fasted lifestyle, I would go into Costco and I could literally have my fill of food on just the samples. I'm not knocking Costco. I still love Costco. (laughs) I know that I'm not the only one out there who feels this way. Nowadays, though, when I do go into Costco, I'm usually fasting or 
I'm just not hungry. And most times I don't even worry about it. But I laugh to think of how much I used to eat just walking through, just walking around Costco on any given day. Um, but as we become more conscious of the foods that we eat, we incorporate healthy living into our lives. So yes, there are some people who have no trouble eating healthy and living a healthy lifestyle. But this is not necessarily the case for many of us, for a lot of us, especially if we're struggling with weight loss. And if you read Dr. Fung's book on the obesity code or his book on the complete guide to fasting, you'll understand that this is not about willpower, okay? It's not about being lazy or not caring about your health or not wanting to be healthy. Um, it's it, There's something else going on in there. And, and he describes in his book that he started recommending a healthy diet for his patients. For He, he sees diabetic patients and patients who are obese. And, um, but this didn't help with controlling their weight, their weight. They would always come back and say, you know, yeah, I ate what you recommended. I tried to eat healthy, but I'm still hungry and this isn't working. So he figured out that he was treating the wrong thing and there was actually underlying issues that were going on there. We have hormones working in our bodies that guide how much we eat and when we've had enough. But sometimes those hormones don't work the way they're, they're intended. This, as Dr. Fung explains, and as we now know, is due to genetics and hormonal imbalances. If we think about the study of the adoptive baby who was raised by a thin family but still became obese, this helps us understand this concept a little better. And I'll put this study in the show notes. Because when going back to review the biological family, it was found that both biological parents were obese. And I quote from the obesity code, 70% of your tendency to gain weight is determined by your parentage. Obesity is overwhelmingly inherited. So guess what? It's not you, it's your genes. It's your parents. But guess what else? It can totally be reversed. You don't have to feel hopeless about shedding the weight. It can come off and it can come off permanently. The hypothalamus located in the brain is where our appetite center resides. There are two pathways to the hypothalamus that regulate our appetite. The hunger pathway that tells us we need to eat, that's when the ghrelin hormone is secreted by the lining of the stomach, and the satiety pathway that tells us we're good, we can stop eating, we're full. That's when the leptin hormone is secreted primarily in the fat cells. We talked a bit about this in episode five called Calories and Hormones. You can check that out to hear more. So our body is always trying to get a nice balance of these hormones so that we get to or stay in a state of homeostasis, meaning our bodies do not like change. It is always trying to reach a level of equilibrium. And this makes sense, right? I mean, you can always tell when you're not quite all together, when you're feeling off, your body is telling you that it's not in a state of equilibrium and it's gonna do whatever it needs to to get back there. However, sometimes this state of equilibrium and normal appetite signaling can get disrupted by being overweight. 
If we take this concept and apply it to being overweight, we can see how this makes complete sense. In people who are overweight, the amount of leptin being secreted by the fat cells is very high. So yes, because leptin is secreted by the fat cells, the more fat you have, the more leptin you would secrete, and you would think that should be easy enough to stop eating. However, what happens in people who have a lot of fat is that the leptin receptors resist the excess leptin, so there isn't that communication to the hypothalamus telling the brain that you're satisfied, that you've had enough to eat. This is called leptin insensitivity. In fact, you're hungry, constantly hungry, so you eat constantly, but you're never really satisfied. And most times, I can remember for myself, I wasn't overeating on salad and fruit and vegetables. All I wanted was all the comfort foods, and that didn't help my situation at all. So it becomes a vicious cycle that you feel you can never get out of. This is similar to the insulin insensitivity that occurs in people who are overweight. Again, you can check out episode five for more on this. So you've got all this fat stored, but you're not able to access it because you're constantly eating and not tapping into those stores. Again, this has nothing to do with willpower or mind over matter. Not only is it genetic, but it's also hormonal. But what if you could get a handle on the hormones and bring things back to homeostasis and find a good balance between your ghrelin and leptin hormones? The best way to do this is to fast. This reduces insulin and you begin to lose fat by allowing your body to tap into those fat stores. You reduce cravings and you decrease leptin insensitivity so that now the hypothalamus can properly communicate to the brain that you are satiated and you do not need to keep on eating. Once you get to the place where your body is able to tell you that it has had enough food, that you can stop eating, you have certainly reached the pinnacle of weight loss, what Dr. Bert Herring calls the holy grail. You are now able to intuitively eat. You eat when you're hungry, you stop when you're full. The way it's supposed to be, the way it's supposed to work. So you have the ability to enjoy your foods, but you also know when you need to stop. To get back to what Dr. Bert Herring coined as appetite correction, you are no longer eating more than your body needs. Your appetite has been corrected and you take in only what it needs to keep going. So perhaps several weeks before you started fasting, you could sit down to a meal and wipe that plate clean and maybe have a second helping. But you'll find that as you continue to fast, you won't need to eat as much as you used to. Your body is burning stored fat as fuel, and so it doesn't need as much food as you used to give it. I found this fascinating. I didn't know about this when I first started fasting. I just used to get really upset that I couldn't finish the awesome meal that I had been looking forward to for the whole day. But as I've researched this and reviewed several studies on the matter, I found that this process, that I found that this is the process going on in our bodies when we fast, we burn fat, we lose weight, but we also have decreased appetite. Ghrelin levels are decreased, so we're not that hungry. We're not ravenous. 
And if you extend fast, you'll notice this even more. I know for me, when I first started extended fasting, I was not eating everything when I broke my fast. I wasn't like, give me all the foods. <laughs> I actually couldn't eat a whole lot. I found that I became full fast with much less food than I was used to eating. And this is the beauty of not only getting to a place where you'll be able to keep the weight off, but also getting your body to where it wants to be, that equilibrium, that homeostasis state. And now it's time for listener questions. The first question comes from Daniela, listening from Maryland. Daniela says, I don't like plain water, and I'm having a hard time getting my water in without using the drink enhancers, like Crystal Light, Milo, True Lime. And in one of your podcast episodes, you mentioned that you did not use any sugar substitutes. So what else can I use? Also, I don't have time to cut fruit up daily to add to my water. Okay, Daniela. So it's important to remember that while you're fasting, and I should emphasize while you're clean fasting, you should not add any sweeteners to your drinks or any cream or milk to your coffee or tea. And I emphasize clean fasting because I used to be one of those who did add a splash of cream to my coffee in the morning, thinking that that would help me get over the hump and also enjoying that little cream in my coffee. Um, but then I realized that I wasn't optimizing my fasting experience. You want to clean fast, especially if you're fasting for weight loss, because you don't want to spike insulin. And so that's why uh, I mentioned that I don't use any sugar substitutes. Um, what I do recommend um, when you're clean fasting is to just have water, plain water, sparkling water, green tea, black tea, or black coffee. Um, that's it. Um, and you can have cream and sugar and all those other things during your eating window, but while you're fasting, you shouldn't really have those. Getting water in daily is a challenge for me as well. As I'm recording this episode, I actually have my half gallon of water that I try to finish up daily, but I don't ever quite finish it up. But what I do drink a lot of is sparkling water, unflavored, unsweetened. And I like to add some apple cider vinegar to my sparkling water and make it kind of a little cocktail. Apple cider vinegar is also really good when you're fasting because it helps to lower blood sugar levels and it also improves digestion. Um, so I would recommend trying that. Um, cutting up pieces of fruit and adding them to your water will definitely break your fast. Fruit-infused water um, will have sugar and carbohydrates from the fruit. So if you have fruit sitting in your water throughout the day, that um, starts to seep out into the water. And if you're drinking that, it will cause a, a release in insulin. So you don't want to have any of that while you're fasting. I would suggest setting a goal of the amount of water you want to take in prior to your eating window. Maybe it's a liter, maybe it's two, um, but just try to uh, pace yourself. Also, if you're having tea or coffee, I'd count that towards the amount of water that you take in for the day as well. Our second question comes from Kara. Kara asks, what tips do you have to fast while you're on your period? because I need to eat the whole house or somebody is getting cursed out. <laughs> Thanks, Kara. Yeah, fasting while you're on your period can be really challenging. Now you don't say whether you've just started fasting or you've been fasting for a while, 
But I'm going to go with if you've just started fasting for a couple of months or weeks maybe, you want to listen to your body. Everyone fasts differently. No two fasts are the same. No two people are the same. For example, I started fasting over eight months ago and I noticed over time that a lot of my cravings started to decrease, especially around my my period time, around my menstrual cycle which I thought was incredible. I wasn't complaining. I was actually really happy about that. While other people, according to your um, question and other people that I've seen online, really do have um, a hard time fasting while they're on their period because they have crazy cravings and they just want to eat everything. So you want to listen to your body. What I would suggest is prior to your cycle, try to eat healthy fats. Try to eat healthy, nutritious, whole foods that'll keep you full, that'll keep you satisfied so that once you start your cycle, you're not craving all these crazy foods. And you'll also probably notice that as you increase over time in your fasting, your cravings may begin to decrease and you may not need to want to have all those things that you're used to having on your um, menstrual cycle. Thanks for those questions, guys. Now, if you have a comment or a question, you can send it to Marty, M-A-R-T-I-E, at omadmama.com. I may just read your question and answer it on the podcast. Well, we've come to the end of another Omad Mama podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found this information useful. Please don't forget to share it with your friends. Please also subscribe, rate, and comment. I'd really appreciate it. Please remember that this podcast is not to be used as your source for medical advice. If you have any medical questions or concerns, please talk to your doctor or medical provider. And before you go, check out the OMAD Mama website at www.omadmama.com. You'll find the OMAD Mama blog where I talk about the latest topics hitting the OMAD and fasting world as well as my OMAD recipes that are quick, easy, and family-friendly. You can also always find me on Instagram at OMAD underscore mama underscore love. Or send me an email at Marty, M-A-R-T-I-E, at OMADmama.com. Let me know what you think of the podcast. I'd really love to hear from you. Thank you.